Welcome to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you today? Doing wonderful. That's great to hear. And we're joined by a very special guest, birthday boy, Nathan Croswell. Nathan, how are you? I'm well. Um, I wasn't expecting everyone to... I was trying to just slide through the day today and nobody knows, but uh, everyone's telling me on Teamworks, it's all happening. So um, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, we're very excited to have you on. Uh, Obviously, you're new to the club. Can Can you talk a bit about, you know... Why you've come back to United, a bit about your role here and, and what you'll be doing over the course of the season. Yeah, I guess um, I finished up playing in oh, 2013, I think, and moved back to Melbourne and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I had, um, had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, luckily enough for me, um, a role presented itself at, at Sandringham and I'd been there for kind of 10 years, started you know, out doing clinics, a lot of promotional stuff, um, you know, real five to eight year old programs. And it kind of just morphed into me, ended up being uh, the director of coaching there. And, um, you know, when I was a player, I was a, a point guard and really enjoyed kind of teaching and and all those things. And, you know, doing that role there for, for that many years was great. But, you know, for me, it's, um, I want to get back in on the court. That role was more kind of administration and working with teams and, working with coaches and trying to make them better for me now, you know, where I'm at in my life, I want to, I want to coach. So, um, I thought this was a, a good step in, um, getting in and helping run the junior Academy, which I'm really familiar with having done it for 10 years. Um, and then also, as you know, we mentioned before being on the floor with, you know, the NBL guys is, is awesome. And, you know, eventually where, where I really want to get. I've got a couple sons in the Sabres program and Krazi, uh, has been awesome over there. Uh, he amazingly knows how many names you think, you know, he, he knows every kid's name, every parent's name. I, I coach and I, <laughs> I forget my kid's name after the Christmas break. Uh, he knows every single person over there. How many, how many total names do you think, you know? Oh, well, I would say comfortably I'd know all the boys. Um, so that's what 25 teams, so 250 kids. Um, I'd know a fair chunk of the parents as well. Um, and then also I know a fair few on the girl side. So you're probably looking at three or 400. Easy. Um, but you, you ran the boys side. So you're not just, that. that's why you know, you don't dislike girls. No, I, I love girls. I've got two of them myself. Yeah, no, 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 um, I'm just kidding. It was just more that uh, I spent more time yeah, with the boys. Yeah, all the boys. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of parents, a lot of questions. How many emails would you get? Walking in the next after a weekend, would you get quite um, a few or is it? Yeah, there'd be a few. Um, you know, like it, it's one of those things where, you know, sport is an amazing thing. And for parents, you know, their kids are really important. Um, to us, they're really important. But, you know, you, you would. You re- receive a few and, and you talk them through things. And, you know, once you could kind of have that conversation and figure out, you know, why things had happened, um, they'd usually settle down and everything would be okay. Did you did you often find yourself battling with the helicopter parents being like, well, why isn't my son getting 25 minutes a night or anything like that? Yeah, it's certainly an issue because, you know, they, they do a lot of training, they're involved a lot, and, you know, the reward for them is being on the floor and, and playing. And, you know, with Friday night basketball, as Adam will attest to, is, you know, you've got a 40-minute game where the clock doesn't stop and you're trying to rotate 10 kids through there. So... Sometimes, you know, you, you'll miss a kid or you'll miss a rotation and they don't play as much. But, you know, our philosophy was that, you know, over time and over the year, everybody would get, you know, roughly equal court time um, depending on where the team sits, um, you know, in their leagues. I guess how exciting is it for you now coming into the Melbourne United Basketball Academy to potentially set up 
you know, a, a pathway for kids in that academy to hopefully work their way up and, and be on this NBL court and be here at Hoop City working with, you know, our, our NBL team. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? We, we'd love to be able to get a player come all the way through that pathway and then get that opportunity, you know, whether that takes one year, whether it takes five years, you know, who knows? Um, you know, for me coming in, I've been in the role for three weeks now, so it was more coming in and observing and seeing what's going on in the academy, um, and it all looks like it's it's going really well. I've obviously come up with a few things where I think that we can we can tweak it and make it a little bit better, um, and we'll start to layer that in over over the next few weeks. But certainly excited about it. Um, I love the the development side, you know, with that twelve to eighteen age group. Um, I think. I think we can we can do some special things with the program and build it to a point where we've got more kids in it. Um, they're playing basketball. They're learning the Melbourne United way, um, and trying to link the two between you know me being able to work with the NBL team and bringing some of that back to those sessions where the kids will be able to go to games and say, "Oh wow, we're doing that stuff in training," or you know, "There's my coach that's doing down on the bench with the team," you know, and you know that will excite them. They'll see things that. That the team's doing and you know hopefully we can move it forward and, and build it into something special and obviously you're getting a very close look at it you spent a, a lot of time on the court with our boys during the preseason. Uh, what's that been like and and i guess can you give us a, a bit of your thoughts on this group that we're putting together obviously a, a fair few of them away on on fiba yeah. duties right now but how exciting is it for you to work with them and, and see what we're building coming up to the next season oh I'm really really excited about the group as a whole um you know once you get everyone back in here and, and everybody healthy i think you know there's there's no question that that the group's going to put them in a really put themselves in a really good position to to challenge for that championship obviously you need a little bit of luck along the way um with injuries and and you know sicknesses and illnesses and things like that but um certainly put a roster together that i think can, can compete um it's been awesome being back on the floor, like having been out of that environment for 10 years since I played. Um, it's just, it, it's awesome. And it's an eye opener and it's a lot of learning for me. Um, you know, when you start talking about terminologies and style of play and the different things that they're doing on the floor now is a lot different to when, uh, when we played, uh, Adam. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And I think the group's in a really good spot. Uh, when you first got here, did you march the team up and show them your name on the championship trophy? Just the, they, <laughs> were they already aware of your, your pedigree? No, I didn't. I guess for me, you know, the first thing that I wanted to do was just kind of create some relationships with the players. Cause you know, as you know, 10 years is a long time removed from playing. Like a lot of these guys may not have known that I ever played. So yeah. I, I, I didn't want to walk in and start going, Hey, look at me. Oh, look at but, um, you know, over time, it's been mentioned a few times that, you know, I did win a championship in 2007, 2008, um, which was obviously with the Melbourne Tigers at the time. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, just building that relationship. And over time, I'm sure I'll drop it in there a few times just to remind them. Yeah. Show them your tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how exciting is that is to, or, or how appealing was that to you? as a, I guess a carrot to come back to United, you know, somewhere that you've obviously got that close relationship with and, and hopefully helping this club, you know, reach another championship. Yeah. For us, like us as a family, like we followed United. So my kids, um, you know, for the last however many years that, that it's been, we've, we've been coming to United games and they love going to the games. They all love it for a different reason. 
my girls love it for the face painting and the cheerleaders and my son loves it for the game. So, you know, it, it's got a little bit for everybody. Um, but no, it's, it was really exciting when I, you know, kind of had the thought of, you know, potentially leaving, um, Sandringham. It was a, it was a big decision for us as a family, but you know, for me going through the process and, and knowing people here already made things, you know, really easy. And the way that they sold it to me was, it was a no brainer for me to come and sink my teeth into the academy, but also get exposure to, to the professional guys at the NBL level. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into a, a bit more about your career and, and obviously that championship you won with the Tigers. And we're going to get into a bit more of that after the break. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass presented by Melbourne United here with Nathan Croswell. Crosy, let's get into a, a bit about your career. Obviously, you start with the Tigers. You come in from the junior program to a, a pretty impressive team with the likes of Gaze and Copeland and Bradkey. What was that like going, you know, from that junior program and stepping into a team with such great stars? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, an amazing environment um, to learn. Um, you know, you go in there and each day you're rubbing with the likes of, you know, you just mentioned you've got Gaze and Copeland and Bradkey and all these players and, you know, it was a massive learning experience for me. Um, I probably, you know, not a lot of people know, but when I first come down um, to Melbourne, I, you know, you get to a point where you go, oh, yeah, I thought I made it, you know, and I was lazy and I didn't eat the right things. I didn't do the right um, things along the way and, you know, got a little bit fat and overweight <laughs> and all those things. And, um, you know, that's maybe just being comfortable in the position and, um, you know, got to a point where it was like, well, you know, I've either got to have a crack at this or not. Um, and, you know, luckily for me, it was meeting Brian Gorgian in the end. I ended up shifting clubs and, and going to the Titans and, you know, kind of the rest is history. So he probably wasn't afraid to tell you you were out of shape. No, he certainly wasn't. <laughs> it was a, it was a conversation was, uh, can I come and train with you guys? And he's like, uh, how about you come for a week and I'll tell you at the end of the week whether you can hang around or not. <laughs> so you go to the week and, and you do the training and he, he was great enough to to let me hang around and put some things and goals for me to work on regarding, you know, my, my diet and skin folds and all those things. You know, ha had I not had, you know, Brian Gorgian in my life, I don't know if I would have gone on to play, you know, the games that I did. Yeah, I guess what what was that like? You you talk about, you know, the move from Melbourne to the, the Titans slash Giants, um, you know, crosstown rivals really and had some pretty intense battles. Was there, I guess, what was it like making that move and, and sort of thinking like, oh, I'm sort of really jumping sides here? Yeah, I remember it being the toughest thing that I ever had to do was to make a phone call to Brian Gorgian um, just to see whether there was an opportunity for me to do it. I was lucky it went to voicemail. Um, <laughs> so I left a message and ended up calling me back. But um, it, it was really difficult. But it was, for me, was, you know, as you mentioned, the stars that were already there, it was going to be limited opportunity for me to to play at that level. And I really wanted to to try and get there and, and make a go of it. Um, so the move was the best thing that ever happened. Um, completely different programs. You know, Melbourne Tigers, not relaxed, but they kind of had the way that they did it. 
the Titans at the time were the complete opposite. You know, we were doing weight sessions, track sessions, um, individual sessions, two and a half hour training sessions. Like it was exactly what I needed in my life to show me what you needed to do to be professional and, and play at that level. So, you know, as I said, I'll always be thankful for that. All right, Chris. So what time um, frame are we talking about? Because we are teammates. I've been teammates with most of the guys on here. Uh, so my rookie year was 2003. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about all this you're talking about now is before that, right? Before yeah, that. it was. It was before that. And it was, um, you know, I think it was right before the, the Titans folded and ended up becoming the Giants. Um, I had two years or two seasons with them before that. One was just training with them as a training player similar to a Campbell blog situation last year um, and then got to the end of that year and, and ended up getting a, a full-time contract with them. With the So the Titans folded and went, the Giants kind of picked up where they left off? They did. And that was the team I came And then that's, that's when you came. That was in. your second year and then they folded. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of folding in the ADL in, the, uh, in that time period. It certainly was. Um, what I'm hearing is they were hanging on and then balls came in and took all the money. No, I, 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 I didn't even know what I was getting paid back then. I was just so happy to be able to go someplace to – play basketball without having to also go to classes. Um, <laughs> that was fun. You know, it wasn't, I did, certainly didn't show up for the money, but to be, you know, living in Australia with young guys like Krazy um, was a good time in my life. Reese Carter as well. The big Reese three. Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Big three, two point guards and a shooter. They got me the ball and then we won like, how many games did we win? We won like two out of our first three. We were humming. Oh, we were flying. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of dropped, fell off a cliff after that. But <laughs> if you watch those first three games, we were killing it. Maybe we just get a highlight tape up, get a mixtape going. That would be going. fun to see. Like I, oh I still God. have some of those posters, like the promotional posters. I found them in the garage the other day. Um, should bring them on. The, could that be bonus content? I'm sure. Yeah, maybe some paid <laughs> yeah, content maybe a link if anyone con- wants yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was Balls like coming in as a rookie? And we heard a little bit from Reese when he was on the show a few weeks ago, but what, what was Balls coming, like, coming in like as a rookie, obviously a, a national champion, uh, someone that came in, were hoping for big things from him. What was he like as as a rookie, especially yourself coming in as um, someone who had been there for a few years? Yeah, I'd been there for a couple of years, but you know, he he come in and did everything right. You know, he worked hard. Um, he did everything that was asked of him. Obviously, we were very up and down throughout that year, but I think he he for us was you know a big man who could come in, could stretch the floor, could shoot it for us. Um, I'll always remember there was one day we we're doing a shooting drill and he was 48 out of 53s. I don't know if you would ever remember that, but happened um, all the time. So I probably <laughs> but you were annoyed because that was the one day you went 50 for 50. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never done that. Oh, that's enough confidence about me. This this <laughs> isn't about me. But for me to come in, like we were a lot, a lot of us were the same age. Like Crosby's my age, Reese is a little bit younger. Um, yeah, man, it was it was fun basketball. And it just, like I said, I, I was lucky to, to be able to come to the team because we had another big name, uh, import and, uh, he, he's the one who took all the money and, um, <laughs> they needed another import who didn't want much money, just wanted to, and they, I, I didn't have a very good senior year in, in college. Um, but eventually, you know, there's a couple guys out here playing that had also graduated from Michigan state. So I had an end with that, but um, yeah, I was just lucky to get out here and get on a team and then kind of forge my way after that. But if it were now, I would have never, you know, there's no way I was coming from what I did in college to out here now. So it was pretty lucky back then to get in and then, yeah, stick around as long as I did. Yeah. I want to circle back to something you said, um, a little bit before about, you know, you working as a, 
as a training player and then eventually getting your opportunity and you you link that to to Campbell um that that's the path he's gone on and he's gotten a, a development a development player contract with United I guess with your connection with the Sabres how exciting was that for you to see him be rewarded for all the work that he had put in especially as a guy that wasn't you know he wasn't a superstar the entire way through at Sandringham just a kid that sort of worked his butt off and, and got the opportunity in the end yeah it was it was such a when he called me was such a I was so proud of him because it was the first kid that we've had come through our program from under 12s through to under 18s or youth league and then actually get a development player spot or a contracted player spot in an NBL club so you know it, it was an awesome it was an awesome effort by by him um you know it was just yeah I, I, I it's hard to to put into words, you know, what he's done. And he, as you mentioned, he wasn't the kid, you know, I think he made maybe an under 14, one team and maybe an under 18, one team along the way. Um, but continued to just put the work in because he loved the game. And I'm just so happy for him that, that he's rewarded with, you know, the work that he's done. It's helped that he grew a lot over that time and, um, he has some natural abilities, but he never, he never deviated from the course. He just kept putting his head down and putting in the work and, and trusted that that would, you know, that would essentially get him to where he, where he wanted to be. And, you know, he's been lucky to have, you know, Barlow and Reese in his corner the last few years at Melbourne United to help him, you know, with style of play and all this stuff, which has made his transition really easy. But, you know, credit to him, he, he's he's been awesome in that space. Sneaky athlete Campbell blog. They did their high performance testing the other day. I'm pretty sure he had the third highest max reach on the team, only behind Ariel and Joe. He was at, I think it was reach? 11 foot 10. Is that high, so the highest jump. you could jump? Oh, he can jump. I was going to say reach. Yeah, I thought you meant just his wingspan. No, like, that doesn't make you an athlete. That, That's just his arm. I mean, if you had an 11 foot 10 wingspan, I think you, I think you'd be in the circus. 11 foot 10, jeez. But even a, a max jump reach, like yeah. he's what, 6'5", 6'4"? Six yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. a pretty unassuming, you know, he doesn't look like he's the biggest, no disrespect, Campbell, if you're listening, but, you know, he's not exactly a, a Rajon Tucker-like athlete from the outside. But, yeah, I was I was blown away when yeah. I saw that. Uh, he he is he's he's had some dunks this year in uh, in the NBL one there at Sandringham that you just go, wow! I didn't know I actually had that <laughs> in you. He's um, no, he is. He's a really good athlete, um, and that's testament to the work that he's put into. Yeah, absolutely. And, and getting back to a bit about your career, obviously you you play with balls um, at the Giants, and then you you go to Cairns and eventually end up back in Melbourne, where you know you forge out a role and help them win a championship. What was that like as sort of a full circle moment to come back? where your career started yeah it was unreal it was um you know as you, you mentioned spent two years up in Cairns um just we, enjoying the sun yeah and we loved our time up there it was it was brilliant the um the winter time is just magic summer's not so great because it's wet and it's really hot and it's really humid um but we had some really good years up there with some really good people and for me it was always if I was to get an opportunity to come back to Melbourne um to play in front of you know family and friends and all that stuff we, we were certainly going to do it and that that opportunity arose and I was really lucky with the group that we that I was coming back with you know you've got your likes of DMAC and Chris Anstey and Dave Thomas one of your ex-teammates um, you know Stephen Hall, Daryl Coletto, Tommy Greer like it was a really good 
group of guys that I had already had really great relationships for and it was a, a really easy transition for me to to come back and, and play here. And I think we made the grand final three years and, and only for me was only able to crack, you know, one championship, but they'd won one a couple of years earlier. I mean, I'd be happy with one championship. Championship's yeah, a championship. I'll take one too. I'll take one. No, we were certainly, certainly happy with it. It's, um, you know, you can go your whole career and, and not win one and, um, you know, I'll I'll, de- I'll certainly take the one. I won't give it back. Was it? Did you play? Who who'd you play in those three? The Dragons we played Sydney that year. The, we won it. So the first oh, right. the first yep. year I come back, we played uh, lost uh, lost to Brisbane, um, in four. I think that was the year they had you know, Sam McKinnon yeah. and CJ and all those guys. Um, then the next year was was up in Sydney, so it was a game five uh, win for us up there. I think game four we were eighteen up. At the end of the third quarter, and yeah, I remember that gorging after the game's running, yeah, he's running around, around like court, crazy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, we lost that. And then, and the funny thing about that, I remember everyone leaving the that night and going home. We had a flight the next morning. I don't think anybody spoke, and yeah. I think Chris Anstey's actually spoken about this before. Is nobody spoke on the plane until we got up there and we got into a room and watched video and went, you know, we really blew that. You know, there was. I don't think there was ever a chance we were going to lose that game five. So it was yeah. pretty nice to win up there in front of 11,000 people, whatever it was. Is it moments like that that just galvanize a team and it's just, yeah, obviously this was our opportunity to win it, but a, a really sort of a backbreaking moment that instead just brings everyone together and sort of, as you said, makes you say, there's no way we can lose this. Yeah, I'll look. If I'm going to be honest, I would have loved to have won at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all my family and friends had come from mum and dad had come up from or come down from Ballina and I had mates come down, all that stuff. And I like, oh, see you, I've got to go. Um, but, you know, it, it was. It was one of those things where we lost it. We knew we blew it. Nobody talked. Nobody said anything. We didn't conversate. It was nothing. It was just like we're getting on a plane. We're going up here. We're going to do a job. We're going to win it. And then we're going to come home. And, and that's what happened. And then you get another opportunity to play with balls in Adelaide. How much had he matured by then? Yeah, like a fine wine, old, uh, old balls. Um, you know, like, yeah, the, the Adelaide thing was was different. You know, I thought we'd, we'd had a pretty good – we'd had a pretty good first year and I think balls got injured, unfortunately, in that year. Um, and then, you know, the start of the second year, I did my Achilles. So – we had both of us sitting there in bloody moon boots for, you know, however long it was. We're, and yeah, we're stepping on the fast five with, with balls here, but yeah, uh, on a couple of different things. But yeah, yeah, we were both pretty much a whole season. Yeah. Uh, not even able to like go, to, I mean, we'd go to practice, but we couldn't even walk like we were on crutches for a whole season watching a, watching it. And that was, it was frustrating. It was really hard. It was, yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to bring up bad memories, so my apologies. <laughs> but we will get to Fast Five with Balls after this break uh, with Nathan Croswell. I want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass podcast and it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's Fast Five with Balls. Ready? This is a fast five with balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the uh, the fun stuff. Yeah, they're hard hitting. So I hope you're ready. All right. Um, okay, Cross. So we came in. Well, I came in with you. Uh, we'd already talked about that. 
Uh, when I first got in here, we were going on a, like a mini camp type thing. I forget where we went. I think down to like Sorrento mm-hmm. area, which I had, I mean, I didn't know where it was, so we could go anywhere. I didn't know what direction. Didn't matter to me. It wasn't hop Bluffton. on a bus. No, wasn't, we weren't going back to Bluffton. Um, <laughs> hop on a bus, and uh, the bus had a. Uh, so 2003, it had a. Uh, you could watch movies on the bus, and you brought like a bag full of VCR tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is 2003, so. Yeah, so it was like VCR days were just on the way out. Like everyone could see the future. Like these aren't going to last. And uh, you know, you're putting them in. I was, I think I was looking at them or something. And I was like, you, you were asking me if I wanted to borrow some or something like that. I said, I don't have a VCR. You're like, you don't have a VCR. <laughs> <laughs> you're just flabbergasted that I didn't have a VCR. Um, are you still a VC like a tape guy? Do you collect tapes, or you, have you moved on to DVDs or even streaming to now? No, I certainly moved on to streaming now. Um, I did have a massive collection of DVDs, uh, DVDs um, yeah. so they've kind of just ended up in the, the back of the garage <laughs> at, at home and we kind of go through them every now and again to or more just to show the kids yeah, that it's no, not yeah, just yeah. on demand Physical and you can't media, just have yeah, whatever yeah. you want all the time. Like we had to actually put something into the VCR, uh, into they, the they, DVD. Yeah, there are, there's like tapes are kind of like records a little bit now. It's like people do collect them. Uh, I didn't know if you're, you just back then you're just a huge VCR and tape guy. You're yeah, just, I must have been. You're into oh, yeah. it. I can't you're remember. You're probably watching like. I certainly did have Happy some. Madi- no, not, not Happy Billy Gilmore Madison. or Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Like yeah, one of my favorites. Do you remember any of the ones that you brought on the bus? I wish we had. No idea. I couldn't even remember this story. I remember going to Sorrento for a um, for a camp yeah. but I, I don't remember he just the... thought I was such an idiot for not having a <laughs> VCR who's this guy <laughs> okay um, yeah so we talked a little bit about like you're starting the NBL so anyone that would see you now or when I first met you you were like no no uh, skin full like nothing like you're in the best shape you could possibly be and I had other people be like yeah he used to be fat <laughs> I was like fat I, I don't think fat was probably the right way to describe it but like yeah you used to be out of shape and then you like kicked in the gear but it wasn't like it was a slow thing from what I understand it was like you turned on a dime and you still look now like you did look back then so have you just you've just never gone off that kind of regime regimen of uh, you know healthy eating and, and exercising yeah i like exercising and eating um the the right foods and trying to give my kids an example of you know the way that, that things should be um when we go back when you circle back to those times like i was 103 kilos at one stage like and then I ended up playing at, at 83. Yeah, I was still dunking it that way too. <laughs> um, 20 kilos. But like. yeah, I, I and, and it was, I, I got to a point where I had to make a decision and, you know, my parents were really big on it and said, well, you've either got to make this decision or you're coming home. Yeah. And it was like, well, all right. I, I ended up meeting Vince Crivelli, who was um, coaching at Waverley at the time. Um, and he kind of put me on on the right path. And then I moved with him to Sandringham and then, I just kind of, my, my mentality changed. I met Brian Gorgian and my entire life changed. And, you know, I even got to the point where it was, you know, I'm not eating carbs after three o'clock in the afternoon and I wasn't drinking alcohol and I was, I was just like laser focused. And I think my skin folds went from like 120 to, um, by the time the, the following season had finished and I'd done that, that year with them, I was down to like a 55 on my skin folds. So Jeez. I never liked the skin folds. <laughs> I didn't want to know. <laughs> what was the biggest uh, danger food when you were probably not eating as healthy? Yeah, I'd just eat a lot of takeaway, like whether it be McDonald's, whether it was KC or Hungry Jacks or whatever. I, I was just the convenience of being able to just pull in there and do it. And, and like I said earlier, I just felt that I'd made it. 
you know, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't go in the gym. I wouldn't do anything. I, I would come to training and at that time being kind of just a training player was you didn't get a lot of time on the court because the main guys were on and, you know, I just, you know, had a false sense of where, where I was. And once I kind of made that decision, everything changed. Would you be the same weight now that you were back then? No, I'm a bit heavier. A little bit. Can't see it though. Folks, you can't see it. I don't know if it comes through on the. Can you, can you still dunk? Exactly the same. No, I can't dunk. <laughs> no, I feel like anytime I start moving or running, my calves all tighten up, and I I get heckled to dunk. Every school I go to, the kids are like, they don't want to hear what you're saying. They're just like dunk, dunk. I just I don't dunk on demand. So I, every kid that, that, <laughs> has like, to be natural. Yeah, they're like, can you dunk? I can still dunk, not very well, but I am much. I'm pretty tall, so. And I just tell them no right to their face, and they're so, like, disappointed in me. They're just like, oh, come on, what do you call yourself a basketball player? <laughs> You've still got the one-hand 360 yeah, in the no, 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 I cannot do the 360. I can do a one-hand over the rim. Uh, <laughs> that, but that's about all I can do when I was playing, too. All right, uh, Karaz. So your coaching journey, like you say, you worked in for 10 years at Sabres, did an awesome job, uh, but it had to be somewhat frustrating to not actually be able to coach. Um, it was all kind of behind the scenes stuff. So coaching wise now, are you doing a lot of individual stuff? What do you have like an ultimate goal or like, would you like to be a, a team coach or more of like uh, behind the scenes, like working individually with the players? Yeah, look, I think for me, it's, you know, I want to get back into the NBL, um, you know, and I've got a bit of, bit of work and a bit of learning to do, but like, you know, my goal is to in, you know, three, four, five years to be, sitting on the bench as an assistant coach, whether it be here at United, whether it be somewhere else. Um, but I'm also want to be kind of giving back to, to the kids, you know, like I've got kids coming through the, the Sabres program right, right now and I'm more than happy to kind of help them in, you know, whether it be coaching a team, whether it be assistant coaching a team, whether it be helping run sessions with, with kids, I'm always happy to, to give back and, and do that. Um, you know, but, you know, that's, you know, where I want to try and get to. And if I can't, then, you know, it is what it is and I move on and I'll find something else to do. But, you know, ultimately I want to be, you know, sitting on a bench back uh, in the NBL at some point. Yeah, that's a hard one to answer too because Dean might be listening and then if you, you go too hard into I want to be a head coach, you might, <laughs> might demote you or something like that. Well answered. Um, Everyone's allowed to be ambitious. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so another one is hair. We're talking hair. This hair talk. Yep. <laughs> Ever since I met you, you had the same buzz cut. I also had a buzz cut back then. If I didn't look this good with my hair now, I would just buzz it off. But my wife, she's just like, you got, you got to keep the hair. Because <laughs> buzzing is easy. But is it, do you ever think in the future you're going to grow it out? Maybe just a different style, maybe some lines. I could see some like lines down the side, you know, <laughs> something like your number or your name in the back or No, anything. I think it's just going to be the stock standard. Well, you got um, a great head of hair. I mean, that, that it's, it's, hard, it's a lot of discipline to buzz that off. Every, I mean, there's guys out there our age that would die for that hair. Oh, would they? Um, so. There's yeah, guys yeah, my age, yeah. like me, that would die for that hair. Yeah, they need that hair. No, I've, I've always been the, the short hair because I've always gone with the easiest, you know, easiest yeah. way possible. <laughs> yeah. So I get up in the morning and I walk out the door and I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, so, no gel or, um, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I, uh, I do my own hair and then my wife comes in and kind of makes sure that I hasn't missed any bits here at the back <laughs> or whatever. So, um, no, I don't think I'll be changing anytime soon. You wouldn't go for the Luke Travers blonde mullet to no. go with the pencil mustache or? No, no, it's, it's, 
that's that's all Luke. He uh, he, he can roll with that. Yeah. Um, I used to have the the curly at the back and the big kind of afro-y thing. I'm sure you'd be able to find a photo yeah, from somewhere with that. Uh, with me with, is right with now. some hair. But it's exactly the same. Um, this is the way it's going to be for for a while, I think. Uh, all right, last one. Now we talked. Sorry to end on a bummer, but we did. We already talked about it a little bit. Is um, when we were in Adelaide. So I had, I had an injury. It was mishandled, uh, and it ended up that season that you had come. We started and um, had a terrible off season. Anyways, coming to second game or something, I snapped a, some tendon on the bottom of my foot, um, and I was out for a year, year and a half. Uh, and then the next home game. Uh, I remember being with the doctor in the back uh, room and then walking out. It was just a short walk to the uh, court. On my way back out to the court, Crosby's getting helped off by two coaches, uh, and he had just done his Achilles. So uh, two of the senior players on the team were out in a matter of two games and out not just for a little bit. That's a whole season and and longer. Um, I don't really have a question (laughs) other than like, that was, you know, you got any memories of that time or, um, mentally, you know, we've talked a lot of Achilles. We've had, this is the third guy on here who's had to go through that um, mentally, you know, how did you handle that? And, um, has it helped you in your coaching or helped you get, you know, cause I, I just think it's such a big hurdle to get over and you did play the next year after that. Uh, You got any, uh, memories on that time, good or, or bad? Yeah, it was, um. Yeah, it, it sucked. You know, like I felt that, you know, with you and me, we could really help that, that group. We're just with a bit of, you know, a bit of experience to kind of help, you know, the young guys along. We had young imports, we had young players, we had, it was a really young group. Um, but sport, that's the way that sport is, you know, like I always say that, you know, you're sitting right at here and you're either at the best, you know, peak condition that you can be at or you could be injured like it's just that that's how how close it is um when you talk about memories of it all i remember is turning around to run back on defense and it just felt like someone had shot me in the the back of my my achilles and i knew straight away yeah i knew straight away and um i think the best thing for me was that we had we had the game on the Sunday. I remember it being on a Sunday against New Zealand. So I remember exactly who it was against. Um, and then I remember meeting the surgeon the next morning and he's like, yep, you've done it. I go, I know. Um, and he's like, well, when do you want to get it done? I said, well, as, as soon as possible. Cause for me in my mind, I needed a goal of wherever, if I could just sit around and be so feel sorry for myself, then that would be the worst thing possible. So I ended up getting surgery the next day. Um, I was in, it was fixed, it was done. And then I had my next, you know, my next goal of what I needed to meet. Um, and we were really lucky. We had, we had some really good people, um, around to help us. And, you know, I think it was for me, it was eight months later and I was back on the court and, and playing. So, um, yeah, it was tough, but. You know, I remember days where you and me just sitting on a couch together, yeah, just on couch and- watching TV, hanging out, or <laughs> at practice, or tapes, all those videos. I was like, "What's this DVD crap? Let's, what do you got? Any, you got a VCR? You got tapes? Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious! All right, man, good stuff. Well, what's it like? I guess as someone who's you know done their Achilles and knows the amount of work it takes to to get back to peak level, to be on the court and and see a guy like Ariel, who it happens to him so young, and it's you know. I think for all fans and all staff here, it was absolutely devastating. But to see his recovery and to see how he's just flying up and down the court and really looks poised to have 
an enormous season in NBL 24. Yeah, it's it sucks when something like that. But, you know, like you talk about ages and things, like I don't want to say it was better for him to do it at a younger age, but, you know, the way he is able to bounce back from the recovery to be in a position where he is right now. And I think I was talking to him yesterday or the day before and he's kind of, you know, like nine months or, or ten months since he's done it. Like, Yeah, last year's blitz. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you know, he he's done an amazing job and he's clearly been, been really diligent with his recovery and with what they've asked him to do. And, you know, all I can remember is calf raises, calf raises, calf raises. <laughs> That's all you're allowed to do to try and build the strength up in – in your calf and he's, he's clearly done everything and he looks amazing out there. So he just needs to get, you know, some more kilometers under his belt where he's, he's up and down and, and he's going to have, I think he's going to have a sensational season this year. Is it fair to say that he can jump higher after him doing his Achilles than you could jump higher after you did yours? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like he he did that test the other day and knocked the top bloody marker it. off it. It was amazing. foot plus. That's a lot. That's, that's, that's top of the backboard, isn't it? Top of the backboard, 12. I think so. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Feet. It was amazing to watch. He just let – and I was like, no, nah, he's not going to get that. Oh, yeah, he just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, quite, Joe quite got amazing. it as well. Joe got it. Joe looked like he was barely trying and he got it. I think Tom Coppins did it too. I think people – why can people jump higher now? Like, people definitely jump higher now than they did 10, 20 uh, I, th- I think the floors are more springy Yeah, nowadays. floors are springy. Yeah. The hoop <laughs> might be lower maybe. We'll look into it. Yeah, maybe uh, an, an investigative report. Yeah, I mean, something. I mean, I, it couldn't be us. No. It's not our fault. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. Well, Crozzy, it was amazing to have you on, um, you know, as a bit of a birthday gift to yourself, you know, to get on and talk to us for a little oh, bit. Oh, it was but, sensational. Yeah, you, but, you've made it now, finally. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> no, we really appreciate you coming in. It was fantastic to talk to you and hear a bit about your journey and what you're doing here with the club. And, uh, and yeah, thanks again to everyone for listening to another episode of the Extra Pass podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me.